0: Nice to be here i love you all.
1: hello and welcome to the new shinier weirder skid on podcast uh darren is on the is in a sanatorium convalescing uh from the amount of <laughs> words and podcasts he's done so he's taking a break and a sabbatical for a while We've given him a hard time for a very long time, so he needs yeah. to get away. and in the words of, you know, in the way that you say to, you know, US servicemen, thank you for your service, <laughs> uh, we can say that. And in speaking in army terms, I could actually say that I'm like Bruno Kirby going on after Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> uh, so there'll be an element of that as we find our way. But, you know, there will be the same old things. We have our familiar names of Luke and Ronan. See, it's, it's all present and correct. <laughs> There's nothing wrong here. He says with rising panic in his voice. Um. So we'll start off with our usual stuff, which is our movie watch this week. Before going on to the news, the top ten, and the lovely new releases. So, Luke, what have you watched this week?
2: Well, it's actually it's been a while since I've been on. What have so you watched I, this year? I've, uh, I've, then we'll go with. I'll go with what I've been I've been watching recently. While everyone was getting ready to go to the FLA, which I I sadly missed this year, I was at IFFY, the the Iffy Short Film Festival. This was oh, the okay. third uh, kind of. Selection of, of, of shorts that they've that they've put on, and there was some really good stuff in there. Um, it was very kind of eclectic and very entertaining mix. You've got kind of a couple of films, Oscar uh, in including one where uh, people are trading you know sarcastic quips in Irish while they're shooting at zombies. My dream. <laughs> There was an animation where people are in a post Y two K apocalypse worshiping Nikki Butt. That was very entertaining. Wow, that's, that's hyper specific. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was some there was some really good stuff in there. Um, a gorgeous Korean animation called Doji Lei, um, which was about kind of the the choices that we make and how they can subtly sure. kind of impact our lives. Only three or four minutes long, but gorgeous to look at and kind of really sweet and, and interesting in, in a short runtime. Um the highlights though would have been for me anyway, were there was a short called Somebody Somewhere Who Looks After Small Critters. I think I'm getting that right. That's a great time. <laughs> uh, directed by Sarah Ingersoll. I think she had a short on at the flat as well. Um The Bridge.
3: The Bridge. Oh yeah I saw that one. Yeah.
2: Um so this is a short doc about a elderly Scottish man that has kind of come through um addiction and kind of come through hard times he's got a small bit of money from the credit union i think it is yeah yeah so he's he's just bought a very small kind of bit of land to kind of fulfill his his lifelong ambition which is just kind of looking after small animals um like literally birds chickens goats it's it's again it's a it's just a little snapshot into this guy's life, and it doesn't try to do anything too big with that. It it's just you know here's an interesting person, and it kind of lets his life speak for in, himself. In and sometimes you get over be
1: over ambitious in these absolutely, things,
2: absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know he has this; he's reflective about his own life, which he's obviously been prompted successfully to do by by the director and. Yeah, just a, a kind of sweet snapshot into into a very cute way of living. It yeah, looked yeah. very appealing. You know, he, he describes kind of sleeping in the same bed as all these animals. And he's like, we're all just critters in <laughs> here at the end Jesus, of the day, that's, you know. That's but, it's, true, but it's yeah. kind of presented in the way that you're like, you know, I, I kind of see the appeal of yeah, this. Yeah. Um, and the... The other one that stood out to me, which was actually the kind of award winner at the at the end of the night, was a film called The Shift, directed by Megan K. Fox. This, again, had a little bit of Irish in it as well because it's about these kind of young girls in the Gaeltocht. It's kind of the last dance before before they, they, they head home and there's a, there's a young one that is particularly eager to <laughs> get, get The, the Shift before, before she goes back. It was very kind of very well done. Like, it's... Um, it's, you can kind of see in it how the the lead, her name is Fiona Bergen, like her chemistry with the other people in the short was kind of very well done and you can see in her and in Fox's direction, this would be, like she's done a few shorts that I would have seen and okay. has kind of jumped around from genre to genre in a way that is picking up kind of skills and picking up kind of what works and what yeah. doesn't. She's kind of been working for the last four years. Uh, I would have spoken to her with, with film in Dublin. And it's kind of working very well for her visibly that she's trying out different things. And so the direction of this comedy, you can kind of see someone at RTE looking at this and going, yeah, yeah, this someone that knows what they're doing. You know, they they can, in a short amount of time, establish different characters, mm-hmm. establish... Their dynamics and
1: you know it, it's very it's very well done. Uh, there's if RT would only look at please such people. Uh, she has done
2: last. a bit with the Fair City actually, which you get in is, it, is yeah, it's a good oh, no, way of kind of diverse for, and, for quite a lot yeah, of people yeah. uh, over the years. Um, but yeah, it kind of near the end has a bit of a obvious kind of clunker of a gag, but mm-hmm. it's it kind of is just a gag that didn't really work, as opposed to in the way that some comedy shorts can be. The kind of it drags it all down yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. and kind of falls apart. It, it comedy is hard either. though, particularly in shorts. Particularly in shorts, yeah. to Establish a universe, yeah. Particularly like yeah, yeah, when it's character-based comedy, yeah. it's really hard to so establish because, and get the punchline. Yeah. because this has good kind of character interplay in the build-up to that. It's kind of it's just one joke that didn't work for mm-hmm. me, as opposed to that's well, not bad, here, right? Oh yeah, oh kind of a waste of a <laughs> waste of a, a viewing experience. But yeah, very very entertaining. Um, other stuff that I've been watching recently. Oh, I saw Stuber the other night. I think that's in for, the top my ten, series. actually. Oh, okay. Um, well, we'll get to that. So you
1: know, I, I wait that because this is one of these American comedies, right? Yes. That's somehow turn up every so often and make loads of money. Well, or I'll, I'll have more to do. say later. Stuber. So, for yeah, now, it's uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's that way. Yeah, that came in at number ten at the in the top ten. So uh, we will get back to that.
2: Okay, well, I also have stupid. seen uh, Vida and Virginia. Was, I, I oh, yeah, how's that? that? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that made the top ten at last.
3: Uh, it's probably on about two screens in this country. Yes, probably. Good,
2: yeah, but it was okay. It mixed it, things. Mm, yeah, yeah um, it's kind of a better depiction. It's, it's it's kind of better when it's depicting the feeling between uh, Virginia Woolf, Woolf and, and Vida Sackville West as opposed to their... Kind of the facts of, yeah. uh, of kind of what has happened sure. because when it's getting into specific events and kind of developing the story of of, of what has hap- of what happened between them it is a bit stodgy and its approach to that using the kind of letters between the two of them is mm-hmm. kind of the way of, yeah. of, of developing a relationship it is is very wordy and that can be difficult for films to do to kind of Go off of something that's very textual. It's hard to
1: overcome, it, like, uh, to kind of establish something. Yeah, of itself. It is a bit
2: not it, like it's not like a play as such, but it's stagey, stagey, yeah, and, and stilted, which is unfortunate because in actually in in the months where it, it is actually showing the letters between the two of them, the. Way the way that Button shows that is it's kind of head-on shots of the two leads, Gemma Arterton and um, Elizabeth Debicki. And that kind of works. It's the actual, it's the other moments yeah, yeah. kind of bleed into that kind of stilted dialogue in, in a way that was kind of unfortunate. Okay. Um, it kind of alludes to Virginia Woolf's, you know, uh, ultimate kind of fate in, again, pretty kind of. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah, very kind of cloying and and, and kind, yeah, of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, oh, yeah, kind of beautiful mindish veering ways okay. that I, I, I wasn't that didn't work too then. mad about. It probably doesn't work now, but it's visually evocative in, in scenes where it's not doing that, mm-hmm. you know. And the the chemistry between the two leads works quite well, and it does a kind of an interesting thing in that it opens with. Uh, Vita pursuing Virginia who is shown as this kind of enigmatic mysterious, you know, it's it's Vita pursuing this public re- reputation of yeah. this famous person and then it kind of flips and it's it's Virginia going after Vita and that was kind of interesting, it kind of swaps the, the power dynamic between the two of them in, a, in an interesting way and in a way that shows that an enigmatic quote unquote person doesn't necessarily have a power over overview if they're if they're going through kind of struggles themselves. Yeah. But yeah, just a bit bit clunky, a bit kind of a missed of a missed opportunity. Yeah,
1: it does sound like that.
2: Um, I have also seen in fabric recently.
1: Ah, oh, how was that. Oh, I missed this because yeah. I think Ron was the same it because was, was of the, right the Galway yeah. thing, and we didn't quite get to it. I really liked it. Um. Perhaps my favourite poster I've seen this year. That, that mm. uh, it's kind of great. Of the, fab. the face kind of ripped yeah. off. And I think it looks great. And that attention to detail and that
2: appreciation for kind of design and um, yeah, the, the the kind of loving but kind of knowing yellow mm-hmm. kind of homage. It, it it works very well and it, man, it I wouldn't say that it was terrifying, you know, because it is also trying to be. Kind of funny, but it manages to not push the humorous aspect of it too far to the point where it's farcical. Yeah, you know, um, the the funny elements are uncanny enough that they are also feeding into the the kind of the strangeness and the okay.
1: Because
2: I mean, a lot of Giallo is knowing and you know itself of, of, of what it's trying to do. Um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of kind of good stuff in there. The Susanna Capillero, who kind of plays the uh shop lady that you 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 might have seen in the, the trailers and that. Yeah. She kind of tackles the dialogue, the kind of spooky kind of stuff very, very well. Like it's that she's kind of the best example of how it balances that depicting Jello seriously and kind of putting the comedy in. to getting
1: the reactors right for that. Yeah. yeah. That
2: I would say again it, it kind of does a kind of a flip at 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 the midpoint that I, this time I wasn't so mad about and um, because I was finding uh the Jean Baptiste um I was really kind of enjoying how it depicted quite subtly her kind of desire and the the aspirations of that character and I was quite happy to to kind of follow her along and where it kind of ends up taking it uh, was fine, but I wouldn't have minded kind of sticking with her because she was she was putting in a very yeah. uh, kind of a very good performance. But, uh, well worth well worth checking out. I, I really enjoyed we'll it. We'll
1: get to it at some point. I'm, I
2: am no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metal Heart. I managed to catch just as it was. Oh, yeah, yeah I saw
1: that. Uh, I saw that as well. Very enjoyable. It is. And
2: very uh, Again, O'Connor uh, does a really good kind of interplay between the the, the, the two twins, the yes. two leads, uh, which again I was quite happy to watch and a,
1: and a little more a little darker than i was expecting yeah I, I say the, I, when i say expect i think they pitched it in advertising slightly differently which i can understand why um but it's kind of a darker kind of underlying thing which is always a, a coming of age thing as well like you yeah know, i don't the know understanding of the world
2: i don't know if you read the recent article by megan nolan in the new statesman about I didn't kind of
1: being that age and then dating no. older men and, and that kind oh of it did no so i did i did read it yeah yeah and that kind of uh the different how you think about it as you, old, as you get older yourself, and you get to the age where they were when you were seventeen. Yeah, kind of I thing.
2: felt like O'Connor and 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 in Dunford's performance, that was kind of handled in a way that was not condemnatory of of Jones's character. Oh no, no, like no! I think I think the kind they of wor- it okay, yeah, like
1: because uh, it. it's a tricky business, yeah, to get right. Um, and I think the two the, two characters and two actors are very very good. Yeah, in kind of. Not making it too not implausible, what, what work, but Dunford, certainly get it comfortable. What Dunford comfortable.
2: does, I found, was he he plays that character at just the right amount that you, as an audience member, are 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 wary of him. Yes, but not so much so that it should be obvious to the yeah.
1: ca- the other characters. Yes. So it know. works in the kind of it logic. Felt real of in that no, sense I agree, that and I think both played really well.
2: Jones would be drawn to to, yeah. get it to this guy
1: he's good done for in that regard like he knows how to play that kind oh, of yeah. thing very well and Jones is great and I can't remember who plays the other sister who's very very good oh, the name escapes me but yeah then, again yeah, it's a fine it would be easy for though, her to,
2: to kind of get lost yeah, because she's the, good. the focus is so much on Jones but yeah
1: and then the young actor who steals the film with his uh is love, Lauren kind of uh... very Ronaldo circa 2002 yeah, yeah <laughs> great. he's very very funny no I really enjoyed it uh, really enjoyed it uh, another one I caught
2: just before it slipped out of cinemas, and I'm very glad I did was Support the Girls I know you were kind of a big uh, top five big,
1: uh, big, big fan
2: of this yeah I thought it was really good great forms, Um and it again has kind of a deft job in doing that kind of slice of life thing and there's of, a sleazy
1: undercurrent as well to it as well that's that yeah that yeah.
2: was the thing that I found kind of most impressive about it was that because it's about that kind of sleazy bar, the kind of hooters kind of style thing but
1: it doesn't mean you can't have a kind of collaborative, friendly environment within Within the people within the the women that are in there who are all very supportive and you're kind of,
2: you're confronted immediately with something that is so off-putting in the bar that you can then under the radar, and what they, what, the, what I found that they did was u- getting under the radar sexism in there. Um, the kind of the stuff that Hall and the other characters have to put up with day from then um, is more noticeable because you've had that very obvious indication yes. to, to kind of yep. lead you in there. Like Hall's husband, without yes. being overly condemnatory, you see the sexism in him.
1: Yeah, and that, that's the true line, isn't it? Her yeah, it's the true line of the plot, yeah. as you will. And and how she needs, and then who she has to help, and what she has to do over that
2: day. Yeah, or like Haley Lou Richardson in it is she's so charismatic. Yeah, but um, like there's she's there's a subplot with her kind of seeing this uh, much much <laughs> much older man. Yeah, that bec- again because you've had this this kind of lead in, you you you're, you you can take the tone of it like yeah. you you see what it's trying to say about that character, and, and yeah, it was.
1: Very, very Perhaps well has on. my favorite, probably my favorite final scene of film this year. Which would be so easy to, like, there's a yeah, lot of these those kind, kind of, of low things, budget films. Yes, that do something of a type. Yeah. But because it's earned the characterization and the kind of, the the, the story uh, supports it, Yeah. it earns they right to do it, they and it works really, really well. They don't Zach Braff it. No, these, these <laughs> certainly don't fucking Zach Braff. And you're absolutely right because it could easily turn into one of those indie moments that, and I, I'm very wary of them. Yeah. But this is very much earned, and I really, really liked. And I can understand where it's coming from as well. Yeah. Um, now I've got just three more. So I, I saw. Jesus, Luke. I, saw came, <laughs> I usually don't see that much. You gotta, right. you gotta give me this one. Sure, go on.
2: Um so I saw the Diego Maradona documentary, the the Capadia yes. um, doc, which I wasn't as big on as um, his documentaries about Amy Winehouse or about um, Marco Senna but I still thought this was quite good um, it kind of like Capadia is very good at sifting and, it, and his team are very good at kind of sifting through footage mm-hmm. and finding the the gold you know yeah. it seems like obvious when, when it's all put there together but you've he's obviously trawled through hundreds and yeah, yeah. hundreds of yeah, hours. it feels like he's really done his research to, yeah he's got some fantastic stuff like and like people that are obviously kind of into football would be well acquainted with kind of the the Maradona I story would. um but yeah, this kind of it depicts the narrative. and it kind of it can even serve as a reminder for people that would be familiar about yeah, yeah. what's so iconic and and kind of amazing about Maradona as the sports star because we're definitely in an era where you know that he you know everything's very now and very current and it's easy to get overshadowed by your your analysis yeah. and your Messi's yeah. and this did, did a good job of showing the kind of larger than life aspect of, of, of what Maradona achieved there's this beautiful shot that the Capadia has dug out where it's the day that Napoli couldn't potentially win their first kind of Italian league title in decades if not ever I'm Probably. Yeah. and it kind of it's a close-up of their stadium, the, the San Paolo, that pans out and across over to the city of Naples. And you just see, basically, the entire city is making their way in. This is like the first thing in the morning. People are hanging out of cars. And it starts so quiet, and then just the sound creeps in. And it's this entire city that are galvanized by this one man. It, and you, you, even if you're not into football, which, you know, I would be, you get that sense instantly of this was a massive deal for this yeah. city. And therefore, the person that's primarily responsible for it, you can understand what they would feel about that mat. And, you know, it is kind of going for some similar themes to, to, to his other documentaries, but he does a good job of showing that even with a person who's a, you know... Bit of an arsehole to to be yeah. quite frank, not even a bit of an arsehole, quite quite an arsehole. This is too much to put on one person. You can't kind of really survive
1: with Young this level of yeah. Without the support, then there would have been wouldn't have been an agents and family and, and to to trick your business.
2: You know, Maradona he talks in kind of interviews and stuff in here about how there's Diego and there's mm-hmm. Maradona and Maradona has to be this kind of larger than life thing, which. To be honest, is a bit of a cop out on his part about his lifestyle. Yeah, he's not
1: really gonna take responsibility for
2: it. Yeah. But you can see the truth in it in the footage because any time Maradona is shown in crowds and he's swamped constantly by by the people of of Naples or by journalists or by yeah, or by mob or whoever, you can see in his eyes that on a human level this is not working. You know, it's already for him to say that he can put on a persona and he absolutely did but that's not going to help him. That's not going to uh, you know, protect him in the way that he maybe wanted it to. Yeah. Um, yeah well, well, worth checking out, but it was a very unique experience for me seeing it in the cinema. I kind of had seen it midweek in Cineworld after it had been out for a while, so I assumed it'd be empty. <laughs> you know, an empty screen for like a documentary, especially off a Wednesday. I went in, the screen was sold out, all italian oh wow <laughs> <laughs> and it was great because anytime maradona scores the whole audience <laughs> is going mad you know if the fans chant on screen they're chanting along with them it was oh, that's brilliant. Interesting. And like in a way that you know if you try doing that in another film i mm-hmm. so pissed off but here it, it kind of added to the the experience it was great
1: Excellent.
2: um so, and yeah, another one that I really wanted to kind of talk about was a film I'd seen on Netflix a couple of weeks ago called See You Yesterday. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I have named. not seen this. So this is a film, it's directed by Stefan Bristol, and it's produced by Spike Lee. Oh. Um, it is about these two teens from the Bronx, CJ and Sebastian, who <laughs> have invented a time machine ah, yeah. that they're going to present at this kind of summer science camp um, it's you know it's kind of setting up in the kind of first 10-15 minutes or so it's this very kind of like a kid film like a kind of clock stoppers or one of those kind of things in the tone and in the look of it you know yeah. it's got like a Michael J Fox cameo and you're like okay, uh, okay yeah I know what kind of film this is, here. this is going to be but then CJ's older brother is shot by the police oh okay so it turns a- and naturally she's like well I can go back I can I can fix this you know and you see that they're kind of using the sci-fi element of this to get at something else to yeah to, to, to get at what problems can and can't be solved and at what level and where this is where the the Lee influence on Bristol kind of and 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 the, the other people working on the film really comes in and it's Really interesting, yeah. Um, because it's got a in that first 10, 15 minutes, even with the kind of genre stuff, it has a it, do, it does a lot of good work in the beginning to give you a sense of the characters and the sense of the community, which is you know one of the, one of the, one of Lee's strong points. Yeah. So. You get kind of scenes of people kind of hanging out at local barbecues, you know. The even to to the level of set design, there's you know kind of national flags hanging up in, in gar- garages. People are coming in, like grandparents are coming in to talk. It's they've got their their like accents are, are still there from when they would have been in uh, the Caribbean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So it it establishes that. Things you're gonna the consequences you see in this film are are important, like this isn't kind of a throwaway thing. I like that very early on, and it's walking a kind of a tyro back with this kind of you know silly setup, high concept, yeah, with something else, but it does that quite well. And you kind of once you hear what the gimmick of it is, you kind of can go, Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see what's gonna happen because. Time travel yeah, in movies doesn't, it doesn't really <laughs> work out, apart from Back to the Future, I suppose. But that point it makes about what you, again, what you can and can't change, it, it does that pretty well, but then it also kind of pushes it further in a way that I found very entertaining or very kind of well done. Like the, the very end of it, I could see people taking issue with, but I thought that it was perfect in terms of the themes that they had okay. kind of established in the film. Um, and Bristol, he does in this kind of some of the 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 spiky shots, you know, the the iconic kind of stuff, and it works in in, in what he's doing because it, it kind of shows the trauma that the characters are going through, or, or, or different things like if in what he's working with, and like what you were saying earlier about taking a, a kind of a low budget thing and yes. showing the potential that you could yeah, do a lot more there. with it. Bristol definitely has that, and there is also like the lead CJ, the performance boy. Her name is uh, Eden Duncan Smith, is fantastic because she she has a lot of charisma, but she have, hits those kind of gut wrenching moments in it perfectly. You know, you, you, you could see this is a young performer that can go so, anyway with their with their yeah. career. They can do the kind of less serious stuff, or she can do. Something a lot more socially conscious. Really it was, yeah, it was interesting. is definitely a word when you're kind of getting into it, but it kind of pe- it delivers it's, on that, yeah. you know? It, was, very it good. was well worth checking out. And if I could <laughs> plug very briefly for a second, I, 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 I watched Valley Girl recently for my new podcast, which is the the Breakout What's out the new Roll podcast? podcast that is the Breakout Roll Podcast at Breakout Roll Pod on, on Twitter and on Instagram. This is Nicolas Cage's first episode uh, first lead performance. Yeah. Um this is a teen comedy directed by Martha Coolidge who kind of went on to yeah, to kind of do these on a kind of a work in hand kind of basis um but it's it's a like cage is from Hollywood, he's kind of a punk and he starts up a romance with a valley girl. <laughs> to to you know. It, it it's straightforward stuff but it's kind of it, it is quite interesting because Coolidge took this project on as a kind of work for hire like give us a boob comedy kind of a thing yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. very early 80s in the way he did those then and without much scrutiny she kind of works on it as, on the level of well I'm going to show that these young women have interior lives and have wants and have desires and some of them can be good people and some of them can be bad people and it's it's low budget stuff and it's it's you know it's an 80s teen comedy but it is better than you might expect kind of going in it is kind of it's it's quite well done um and cage himself even like as an early performance you see the qualities that he he has as an actor um particularly when he's doing that kind of like De- cage has said that his his inspiration for acting was James Dean and his kind of influence in acting is german expressionism <laughs> So proper cage. So you're you're kind of getting a lot of the 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 former here, but he you can you know he's done that in in later roles quite well, but you can see it from very early yeah. on that he's got that quality, which is particularly interesting because his next couple of years after that, like Peggy yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not he's not great,
1: but with a with a director here like Killage, he, he he does it quite well. It's uh, well, it's he, an interesting that's one. The thing about Cage. you so he can do very very interesting things, or you can do Cage. Yes, which is you know. And people prefer either or both. Uh it's, a, it's a strange I prefer this. So I I, I think I'm kinda with of you Uh but I do like cage. I'll still even watch him and then the cagey nonsense because he's cage. But I think I prefer the And somebody has to or moral. he'll
2: he'll go to debtor's
1: prison. Indeed, it, he needs to pay off debts. And we, we we can't have that. No. There's another five hundred films for him to make next year. And uh you know, if ten of them are
2: worth watching it's <laughs> not so bad. That's not too bad. that was a lot, but that's yeah, that's 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 me, does
1: Ronan, what do you uh,
3: got? I have been dipping in and out of the IFI season on Bresson. Oh, okay. um, catching up with that. Uh, I'd seen a bunch of his. Uh, Pickpocket, Mouchette, O'Hazard-Balthazar in the past, all of which I liked quite a bit but never massively connected with. Yeah. Uh, Mouchette and O'Hazard-Balthazar I've revisited as part of this and sort of have a deep respect for them more than a kind of intimate connection to them uh, Bresson has always talked up as this really empathetic director but I don't tend to have a very strong emotional connection to his films I think um, or at least didn't this time Mouchet and Balthazar again you know can understand why they're revered as much yeah. as they are, but they don't you know they, they won't be troubling my all time top that could top time top time <laughs> top hundred top time films <laughs> you've ever seen in your <laughs> life top folks. time films um, what I have really enjoyed out of this season is kind of the the ones that you don't hear about as much. So uh, this week I saw a gentlewoman, which is actually what he finished what he uh, followed me up with. Uh, and it's this really strange film. It starts off with um, it's not quite graphic, but it's there, there's a kind of stark imagery there that almost makes it graphic a uh, woman's suicide. Um, you okay. sort of see the after effects and you see the jump, put it that way um, and then it slowly starts over the course of about 80 minutes uh, to reconstruct her life um, everything that happened in the sort of year two years leading up to her um, to her death uh, and what's really interesting is the sort of playful sense it has here of reconstructing her entire life through her husband's eyes and you get a sort of ironic commentary from that uh, I think it's very possible to read the film uh, as problematic in that regard but I think Bresson's smarter than that he's doing okay. something really, really fun and interesting in a way um, with sort of gender roles, uh, the institution of marriage. Um, there's a, there's some really really strong performances in here underlying it. The the lead actress is absolutely terrific, uh, Dominique Sanda. She um she has kind of eyes that just they linger for ages. After I, I, you know I've, I keep seeing her f- her f- her face. Um, <laughs> since I saw the film, it's it's got that weird effect. Um. That's, that continues in the IFI all through the rest of this month and I'm looking forward to seeing some uh, some other things in that. Uh, elsewhere on Mubi and still around for a
1: while actually.
3: Or is it? No, maybe it's not. Babylon? Is it
1: gone? Uh, I think I might have left. I oh, forgot. Thankfully it's on... I thought I'd recommend <laughs> one You can here recommend it because it's on the Criterion channel thankfully so I will get to watch it. And I did mean to watch a movie, but I didn't get around to it. No. So I will get to it. I know that you've got another chance. This Indeed.
3: is a, a British film from 1980 about uh, Jamaican immigrants and the sound system scene. Uh, sort of this uh, this musical movement, uh, directed by Franco Ross on It, it premiered at Cannes. And it was yeah. sort of it made a bit um, of a splash, I think. Yeah, yeah, there was there was a bit of buzz around it, but it sort of fell through the cracks in a way, in the um, way that films can. Yeah, and that, yeah. Like,
1: particularly if it's you know. Not the, the names attached to it. Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'd kind of heard rumblings about it for the last couple of years. Ashley Clark, programmer in the States, has been really, really good at uh, organising screenings of it and kind of propping up the reputation a lot. Uh, and that's that's why when it turned up on movie, I kind of thought, oh yeah, I've heard a lot about this. And it's really good. It's, like, vibrant, uh, really, really fun style. You know, it's one of these great, almost uh, Walter Hill-style narratives. You know, you're dealing with the Warriors kind of pacing, that sort of group dynamics all clashing off each other. Uh, But it it really gets brilliantly at social injustice. Um, There's a lot of tackling of racism in the UK in here that... Unfortunately, seems quite current still. You know, there's a lot of great stuff about go back to your country. This is my country. Mm-hmm. I was born here. All yeah, this yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. Um, it's just tremendous fun, but quite dark as well. And even visually, it's there's a you know there's a lot of stuff shot at night. Uh, and of course, uh, the key thing for any film like this, the music is terrific. It's got it's got an incredible score.
1: It's um. Really, really enjoyable. Well, I was getting kind of bumped up my list, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, really, really
3: get to it, don't waste any
1: time. Although, now that it's there without any ticking yeah, time Yeah, but the, the problem when things are sitting there is that, you know, yeah, you all get to that and you down. never get to that. That yeah. happens, and it's happened to me before, so I will watch it. very
3: confident you like it a lot. Excellent. Uh, caught a couple of shorts as well, of course. Uh, there is a Croatian animation called Imbued Life that premiered this um. This year, just and it's one of the few kind of international shorts that seems to be getting some purchase online. It's actually getting pushed a little bit. Uh, if you can find this, do because it's so weird. It's <laughs> Jan Frankmeyer style, oh, like right, creepy right. stop motion animation. I live for this stuff. You do. Like A, a lot of people get, get expert scared by this. Yeah. I do a little, I have to say. It's pr- like it's, you know, animated taxidermy type stuff. <laughs> it's proper creepy. You should put it on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sort of stuff that really unsettles me, and I respect that, because yeah. not too much horror manages to. Um, but it's also got some really fascinating stuff going on, the kind of chief conceit, and it's only about 15 minutes long, is... Um, this photographer who gets her images from celluloid implanted in the brains of dead animals that she like restores to their oh, wow. natural setting and then plucks out the celluloid and develops it. Bizarre. Like, who's, whose brain dreamed this up <laughs> and then realized it so beautifully? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's up there with, you know, rank it relatively high in my favorite films of this year. It's fascinatingly strange. And it's just a thing that you want ideally with any short film. I've never seen anything like this. And yeah, I respect yeah. that very, very much. Uh, elsewhere uh, also in the shorts scene um, there was a bit of a discussion on Twitter uh, earlier this week about uh, really good Irish shorts that are available online to watch Yes, somebody to, uh, was asking for recommendations. Yeah, 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 to to sort of show to people, to give an example of Irish cinema where it is. Because, you know, there are great things. You can, you can go to festivals, and we have festivals that are really supportive of shorts, but, the you know, people seeing it beyond that, there isn't a great life for a lot of these RT things. RT does a short screen. Yeah, short uh, think, screens is are every just, Tuesday night, I think, yeah, or
1: Monday. They always, are they always going? or is it? Kind yeah, of yeah is I think it is weekly or, for
3: okay. the most part. And they're on the RT player. They're kept yeah, there for, for a month afterwards. Um, It's a really, really good resource, and in fairness to RT, they do they do actually provide that support yeah uh but, but you beyond know, that yeah it's, it can be difficult to find things um and that uh that thread actually got a lot of recommendations out of it so a lot of stuff i'd seen but a lot that i hadn't so i went uh, kind of digging through that uh, and one that really stood out is really good fun uh is one called ruby that's uh that's irish or you fada b a i fada uh, story of uh, a schoolgirl who is in a sort of typical Irish um, primary school setting, she is making her communion and she decides she doesn't want to because God doesn't exist
2: and Oh I've seen this, it's great It's really good <laughs> fun <That's
3: fantastic. laughs> It's just like terrifically funny but sort of it doesn't pass it all off as some big joke. It's like, yeah, this is what kids actually think like when they're put into these weird systems that we put them in. We're 90% oh, of our definitely okay. Look at them. They're yeah.
1: weird ways of doing like anything. Weird Catholic <laughs> control. Yeah. Uh, Louise
3: Nifia Oh, God, I'm butchering Irish here. Louise Nifia I'm going to be because
1: I can't. i, I butcher <laughs> a lot worse.
3: Um. Uh, she's the director here, and it's really impressive. Um, I, I really, really enjoy this. stands out as if somebody pointed it out as a highlight of recent Irish short cinema. Yeah, I would absolutely oh, say it. It's available to watch. It is. it's I think it's on Vimeo. Uh, um,
1: Vimeo are pretty good, actually. They're, they're, yeah, they're not yeah, yeah. quite boosted as much, perhaps, yeah. as they yeah. should be. There
3: are a lot of but short filmmakers things. who kind of circulate their work there. Yeah. So if, if anybody listening is interested in seeing that, I'm um, definitely I, I tweeted a link on my Twitter. Um, we should if you want go Twitter, find it. You should. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> joking, you should. <laughs> engage so once in a while. Yes, indeed. Elsewhere, the only other things I had were, um, we'll get into this a little bit more, I suspect, around the top 10. But ahead of Midsummer's release, or, well, it'd been out for a while, ahead of me seeing Midsummer, I watched uh, Ari Aster's short films, or some of them at least.
1: I know somebody else on Twitter who will follow, whose name was escaped me completely, has done the same. Yeah. And they kind of freaked me out. And yeah. this, uh, th- yeah. this
3: came about kind of as a result my housemate who had seen Midsommar before I did. Uh, really loved it. Uh, big fan. Went along to see it with me when I did see it. Uh, liked it so much that she went and checked out Ari Aster's short films and told me that I should watch them. Um, and there, you know, he's he's transitioned from short films to features yeah. on the basis of the sort of perceived strength of his shorts, so it's interesting to dive into those. Started with one called C'est of Vie, which is only eight minutes long, and it's this full-on two-camera rant from a homeless man about the sort of injustices of the world, the craziness of a capitalist system, all that. You know, catnip for me, you would think. Oh, I'm with
1: him. Uh, but it's think. not
3: good no, huh? it's uh, you know very transparent observations on the way the world is that uh, it seems to be setting up as revelatory just because it's being shouted at you it's eight minutes long but it's
2: exhausting <laughs> it wore me out very quickly the fact that this is coming f- through the voice of a of a homeless man. We yeah. might get into this when we yeah. get into Midsummer, but that oh. definitely <laughs> speaks to some of my issues with with Aster. I can't wait yeah, to get it, yeah,
3: very much. Um, but the, the sort of almost annoying thing about it is that it's very well put together. You know, he's a, he's a good director with a clear visual sensibility. Uh, it's well edited. It transitions well from scene to scene. The pacing, in as much as I didn't like the film, the pacing, it you know it carries. Um, also, there was the turtle's head, which is this sort of genre pastiche of film noirs that actually starts quite promisingly. It's uh, a private eye, has, and very much, you know, knowing, wink-wink yeah, yeah. Wink, film noir style, uh, a dame comes in and gives him a case. Uh, it turns up the sort of, I would say, the quiet misogyny of film noir almost to Eleven in a way that eventually starts to seem like it's not even parody. Uh, mm. which really bothered me a lot. And it is knowing and it's not. It sort of thinks these things are funny and it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it can make up its mind, and that bothered me a lot. That one that one, I really didn't like. And then uh, the last one was The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, which I think was a bit of a breakthrough for him. It's about half an hour long, and it's the story. Uh, it, it starts out with uh, a kid whose father walks in on him masturbating. And uh, they have a sort of very uh, grown-up conversation. The guy happens to be a very good father, telling him like, "There's nothing wrong with that. That's all fine." Then goes out of the room, and you get the camera reveal where the kid is holding a picture of his dad, and you get a half Whoa. hour. Yeah, it's it's stark. Uh, you get a half hour then of you know seeing them twenty years later after he's got married and they've begun a abusive sexual relationship, and I couldn't tell what it wanted to do at any point.
1: <laughs> that terrifies like, me, yeah. not in the way that perhaps intended.
3: Yeah It's It's one of these things That feels like It's trying to be bold And dark and daring But just feels a bit Look at me You know This
1: feels like uh, You know when you Watched early Gasparnoe. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah. But you knew It was before he become Almost somewhat par- Parodic of himself But yeah, yeah, Early yeah. Gasparnoe Is terrifying But it feels like sure. he, He's living in yeah, This thing yeah, yeah. There's some sort of Hellish nightmare Within it As opposed to trying to Represent something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good thing he grew out of that.
2: Uh, no, I,
3: yeah, this, this feels, in a way, like it's trying to be transgressive, but it's really just pretty trite. And yeah, top 10 is coming up later.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Um, right, I've, I've seen a few, I'll probably brief enough. Uh, I've done a, a bit of Joe Dante buzz this week. Um, I had a conversation last weekend about Gremlins and how great it was, so I was like, shit, I want to watch Gremlins. Uh, so I'm stuck on Gremlins, I haven't seen it in quite some time, and it's fantastic uh as you would expect it's endlessly inventive the leads are great the script is fantastic some great jokes it, and it's sight gags little scares all the rest of it. it has dick miller god bless him um and it's 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 dante just basically saying listen i can do a blockbuster but it's not going to be the blockbuster everybody else expects and i was like i watched it loved it i was like i want to watch gremlins too. i really want to watch gremlins 2 so i kind of back to back watched the uh, gremlins too. I'm on record of absolutely adoring Gremlins 2 uh, to the level of I think it's a masterpiece and a rewatch has confirmed that to me as when you give somebody who's both aware of their own sensibility and the idea of what a certain level and certain type of audience would like and then the other kind of audience that won't like it but you might stick around for it anyway this is what you do and the only reason he got this is because they were begging him to make the sequel for years he's like <laughs> right I'll do it if I'm allowed Final Cut Oh, nice. and so they gave him Final Cut and he went Berserk with it. And I don't know have you seen Gremlins too? Uh
3: not since I was a kid. I, I get get back to it. Yeah. It's I yeah. get back
1: to it tomorrow. Like today. Damn. It's essential. It's there's so much satire. Like there's Trump in there, there's Ted Turner in there, there's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> there's Hulk Hogan in there who stops the film, actually stops the film oh, I I remember that scene, There's yeah, yeah. it's piss take of sequels, of T V, of the min, The min, the uh, monotonizing of yeah. uh monetizing off everything around films and like toys and kind of creatures and the style is absolutely dazzling the gags don't stop and i mean they don't stop it, just... it is a looney Tune film directed yeah. by a looney Tune, And it is basically. and it's, it's actually saying <laughs> and it's like about halfway to the point it's like a fuck the plot and just goes into its own little kind of free-for-all Damn. free-form amazing run till the end and it's astonishing it's the best sequel ever made I'm saying it now. It's the best sequel that has ever been made in film. Fuck you, Godfather 2. Uh, Uh, Fuck you, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. It's better than Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Stop. I'm telling you. Get to it and we'll talk. (laughs) It's amazing. I'm going to do that. I'm going to watch it. Sherry is definitely the Hulk Hulk (laughs) 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 Hogan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can you hear those wrestling rings, Fernando? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a great call. (laughs) But then I watched Small Soldiers because I wanted more, Dante. You really are on a kick. I am. And I've got more. I want to watch Inner Space and various others, uh, which I went this in when it came out when I was young and loved. But Small Soldiers is great. Um, It's just kind of bizarre. I know i would seen this when it came out and liked it, but kind of dismissed it and forgot about it in that kind of way of kind of late 90s kind of i've seen a lot of films kind of territory uh this is remarkable because it kind of stands up in terms of what it's going for like around the kind of hawkish nature of american foreign policy around the kind of militarization on the streets of america and that you know that speaks to now like in that regard and the role the capitalism kind of sweet spots in the middle of it and everybody's making money off toys off weapons of nah, 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 and it just uh, never ends like. it, Dante is kind of keeping up with the times really Yeah, well, yeah. oh but, yeah it really is know, and um, this this is 20 years is old this is this could work today uh, without with minimal changes um, and uh, like he also doesn't forget how to entertain because there is a push-pull in it where he wanted more kids stuff he wanted more of the military satire kind of stuff so mm-hmm. it actually balanced out quite sweetly uh, and really well and um, and this kind of idea of you know the generations of young boys sold on war ties and you know, soldiers. And I had them when I was yep. growing up and like you know, this kind of this is the ultimate man in the you know, you run around, you smash things and you have tanks yep. and that's all we do is destroy because that's all we do is destroy. Mm. We're programmed really too interesting that like yeah we are. And it's like it's funny and grim in equal measure, but mostly funny, but there's some really underlying dark stuff here. Yeah. Uh that is a kind of real low key master at tone and saying exactly what's, and but three of those films, Kremlin's Kremlin's two and small soldiers are around one forty five. In length, no mess, like there's no fat
3: things. What? uh, what year did Small Soldiers it was come out? 1998. 1998.
2: It's
1: Jesus it's Christ,
2: it's another good young Kristen Dunst. Yes, as well, yeah, yes, she's great. Uh, and you can see the star quality. Already. Yeah, then, like uh,
1: she's, that's, I
3: remember seeing that as a kid, like yeah. when it came out, I think on VHS, DVD, whatever it would have been. And Jesus, if it was 98, I was a kid, yeah, like, like, made a good impression. Or something, or
1: everywhere, like. yeah. <laughs> but no, God. Dante, it's a treat to repeat. I can still, like, like remember specific, so specific and, scenes and yeah. things from it. It, ma- really it made well, a very it last really well. It's a kind of mixed between kind of uh, puppetry kind of thing and CGI, mm. which marries really well because he's pretty aware, particularly opposed to the two Gremlins films, where of what actual things on screen can do, like the physical kind of thing. And there's obviously yeah. a bit of improvement between Gremlins and Gremlins 2 in terms of what the Gremlins can actually do. But here, he couldn't quite get the thing right with just uh just the kind of action figure thing so there's a bit of CGI it, but it's seamless yeah it, and it still looks really well uh surprisingly like the you know the films that are less than five years old that look older than this you know in terms of uh technical wizardry or whatever like yeah it's i watched it again a couple of years ago again having not seen it since yeah. i would have been a kid and it's so fun <laughs> isn't it though yeah i like i had a great time it i'm gonna have um, a joe
3: dante weekend of i
1: I'll get to inner space probably in the next couple of days. Uh, that's going to be happening and various others probably as well, which I've forgotten about. But uh, he's a subversive little fucker, like you know, in, in the best <laughs> way, like in the way you know smuggling all your ideas into yeah. your know, anti corporate stuff into kind of kids' movies. It's, it's it's catnip for me in that regard, like you know. But it but they work on very sophisticated levels and very entertaining base levels. Like,
2: has he got anything coming up? Because
1: <sighs> I would watch a Dante movie coming out tomorrow. I shout like, I think, a... I showed at Netflix on Twitter to you know give him 150 million to make Gremlins tree. please. They'll they'll give um, Max Landis 100 million to make Bright And whoever else made it He made a
3: dodgy one A few years back Called Burying the X It was not good No No it wasn't good I think
1: he made one uh, The Hole or something Before that Which I'd heard good things about The Hole yeah I heard good things about Yeah which I didn't see But I want to get to And amongst uh, various others I'm going to have more Dante's It'll be Dante's peak at some point. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Back someone you. You really have stepped into Darren's <laughs> shoes. I <laughs> have, oh, yeah. I'm kind of ashamed but I'm proud of myself. Um, We're in the seventh circle of hell. I am. Uh, but lastly, I'll mention uh, I rewatched Set It Up, which may be my favorite Netflix film that they've done. Uh, it's a good think, choice. I think it's I think it's terrific. Like there's a quartet of great performances like from two leads uh, and uh, Taye Diggs and uh, Lucy Lou. They were all great. The script is brilliant. This chemistry is fantastic. And it all combines into one of those classical kind of stories. And it works really well. It's just, this, like, it's one of those things. It just, when it all comes together, it's like, oh, yeah, that's how you do it. And it's done really well. I it's like it even
2: more than second one. Perfect modernization of your classic
1: screwball. Yeah, it is. Kind like, of you have, I don't think kind of you could have it better. Like, I, I try to think of a better way of doing something like that.
2: Well, for about 10 years, people seem to have the idea that you modernized a rom com by having all the characters in the rom com never shut up about rom yeah yeah it's like no just actually do the thing yeah that if the people making it know how they work then that's, that's better, okay. yeah know, and the, the uh, it
1: works really really well uh, but yeah that, that was me for the week uh, so film news are we ready yes uh, we are a bit of a grim start there's a couple of uh, deaths this week uh, the yeah. first one uh, Nick, Nicky uh, McGuigan Nicky McGuigan who is a uh, daughter of Barry McGuigan uh, actress Irish actress um, who most known I think to the audience for Can't Cope Won't Cope Which two seasons are on Netflix? I think, uh, which I really really liked. I'd only finished watching second season about four days ago. Yeah. Um, and she's—I know she starred in Wildfire, which is the upcoming film Kathy Brady, and I was in the Secret Scripture, the Jim Sheridan film, which I hadn't seen and haven't seen still. Um, and Thirty Three is No Age. Um, Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's a lot of tributes to her on Twitter and on news stuff during the week, and the kind of prevailing thing that seems to come across is that. uh, she was just getting started, like, in yeah, yeah, her yeah, proper absolutely. You
3: get that sense from her filmography today. Yeah.
1: And she's excellent in Canco Cup, and absolutely recommend it. Uh, but tragic, tragic news, like, at that age. But very, very sad. But I mean, we don't know what's coming for us, but uh, wildfire will, I imagine, be out mm-hmm. at some point, which yeah. I really look forward to seeing, but very, very sad. And uh, also uh, Rooka her uh, a little bit older, 75, who died. Um, I like Pierre Bradshaw's kind of sub-headline for him. Uh, An icily elegant presence with a touch of self-aware drawlery. Yeah <laughs> which I think is a nice description uh, as these things go. Yeah. Um we've I think we'd all known from Blade Runner particularly and who had written most of the um, the kind of final speech that he gives. I mean he makes it not gibberish. Is yeah, he, but that's I think the, that's, I mean, that, that's pretty so good yeah. like. Yeah. And like it's, I I grew up watching him and watched The Hitcher when I was far too young to be watching The Hitcher and really really loved it and it's dark as night and kind of be and pulpy in that way that films in the kind of mid 80s were, you know if you get a kind of b-movie kind of thing you could take a record ball to it a little bit mm. and it's pretty grisly but i really liked him in it
3: he turned up in some strange things over there you know he was in uh nick rogues eureka yes. with uh, with gene ackman
1: yeah um and given kind of sensitive performances as opposed to you know mm, the, the yeah, Rook Rook performance, yeah, yeah don't just bring him thing, in yet, to do the thing like the hobo with a shotgun yep. territory yeah. kind of thing which you know that's fun to be had as well I know Verhoeven was uh, kind of where the starting point happened in the seventies, but I think the three them like looking at today it was like Turkish Delight, Katie Tipple and Soldier of Orange, which are the three kind of seventies kind of Dutch films that he mm. kind of came to stardom, I guess from. And Guinness ads, if you're uh, yeah. if you're Irish of a certain age, um, Guinness, yeah.
3: I didn't know that at all. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Well, you're, you're too young, Ron. Right? What's the problem with it? Um, I have the Twitter. These things turn up on the Twitter. I've oh, seen them on the Twitter. You you oh, God's sake. I've Go been looking s- closely enough. Fire up <laughs> the IFI player, because I'm sure it's... Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's it probably there. will be. Um, but he's like... 75 he, is not a bad run, uh, yeah. and he's kind of cemented his place in history, but uh, a fine, fine actor yeah. in his day, and then even recently enough. Um, mm. Not
3: all of us get to have one of the truly iconic screen mo- screen moments. Yeah,
1: and it'll be... Yeah, we've remembered... All in time, like tears in the rain. Not to kind of rail against
2: how things are these days, too. Long, oh God! <laughs> one of the kind of poignant things about her passing and, and actors like her, kind of getting older and and, and dying yeah. off or retiring from acting, and that is that these are actors that are bringing an external life to their performances and bringing kind of you know character actors that have a weight to their work because they have something going on outside of yes uh, outside of acting um, and there, outside actual of actual people yeah yeah Incre- you know increasingly films particularly your, your your big films have to load out the cast with names that mm-hmm. are you know th- some of them are great and that but it's everyone has to be one of the somebodies yeah, yeah. and Hera is kind of your top tier yeah yeah and there's something
1: in that actually because I, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I was flicking through stuff today and another name I came across in kind of looking through uh, stuff about her was uh, JT Walsh who would have been one of the great who the hell is he again actors for yeah, 20 like years Staunton and yeah yeah, and yeah, just yeah like exactly and that, that, that rock up in something play a little bit of, do a little bit of work and kind of either moving the plot forward or giving a little bit of dodgy screen time because he's a bad guy but he's really you know just adding layer to it and they're still there you know yeah, you're on Dowds and you uh, like that but I don't know the guy from the Lumen Tower and or Netflix or HBO thing the guy with the big moustache who I love I can think of his name
3: that's the best thing for an actor though isn't it for people to know yeah, your that, face and not your and name
1: that the, I think there was a book written about character actors literally yep. that kind of yeah. title and that's kind of what you want you don't want to reel off the kind of ages, okay, as you said I don't know
2: how I don't know who is who can do that that's like say under 40 I mean that yep. that that's not like a you know a name actor I suppose like um Driver is probably of that age. He's kind of because so he Bill he, campus, he's, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Driver used to be in the Marines, and he's had yeah that he you can see in his performances that kind of external vibe. I don't know if there are too many knocking around.
1: I mean, I suppose there are. I mean, I suppose you won't know until he kind of creep yeah. into that role yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit as well. Do you know, it's like oh yeah, I remember him. You know, so it may come up or may happen. Hopefully so, like Brad Pitt or whatever.
3: But it's the way it happens with Hollywood now too. Anyone who makes themselves known in that way gets hoovered up into the machine, yes, and they're suddenly yeah, yeah. cast well, in the superhero
1: film. Well, but they're probably all on TV anyway. I and mean, out is a perfect yeah. example yeah, of yeah. that. That's doing great work like that. Yeah. Or Margot Martel. Oh, she's fabulous as well. Amazing. Also known in uh, is it Bojack Horseman as a renowned <laughs> Carter- character actor, <laughs> Margot Martel, uh, which I really like because <laughs> he actually explicitly made, <laughs> which <laughs> that's a great one. But yeah. Um moving on though, and I I think Grace would have been like to be here for this. Uh Marvel Phase four, Ronan. Give I'm me your thrilled. thoughts now. I'm very happy to see several of these films are coming. Great. Great from Ronan. Luke, what do you got?
2: Well, there are a couple of things that are noteworthy about the, 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 the selections that they've made for true. this phase. Um certainly you can notice there is a move away slightly from the kind of militaristic, kind of industrial, in terms of the characters that they're looking to, to put yes. forward there's very much a focus here on space and magic and all that, which, which, you know, it seems superficial on the face of it, but just because of who they're focusing on, you are getting away from
1: yeah, and that uh, might be fun in it, like as opposed to yeah, of more rigid
2: kind of. because they're like in, for example, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> which is a pretty good title. Great, great title, um, directed by Scott Derrickson. Yeah, um, and like I kind of liked Doctor Strange well enough. Um, I didn't, but
1: I, I, I may get this a shot. But with the, I may the, not.
2: the word is that oh, we're ramping up the horror kind of aspect of it and kind of going for a kind of a more Mountains of manacy kind of I don't know how much much they're going to get in but going if they actually commit to doing different styles of genres as opposed to the thing that they usually do which is in the marketing leading up to a film going oh it's really a heist movie and it's actually a Marvel movie Yeah, yeah. that could be uh, could be interesting it's also you know the fact that they are going for more diverse yeah, uh, casting with I this with fair. this phase is kind yeah. of the, the big thing that has stood He's, out to people. Even with Thor,
1: the Thor and Thunder, uh, which is a great name, and uh, Tigger with ET is back as director, and um, Natalie Portman were uh, wheeled a hammer to the back anger Portman. of uh, the usual people. Um, she's so small, how could she pick up <laughs> a hammer? for, for but anyway, uh, we'll finance
2: many interesting projects
1: that Portman would much rather be doing. Yes, <laughs> and then you've got Black Widow, which uh, Scarlett Johansson will finally get a movie a decade after finally. she finally got the bloody My
0: movie.
1: God. Uh We'll go cast uh, like uh, David Harbour, Florence Pugh, and Rachel place Oh, yeah, nice. uh, So, and there's like a uh, the director of the Eternals. I think is Chloe Zhao. Was it? Yeah,
2: and uh. some some good casting choices yes, in there. Uh, you got uh, Brian. Um,
1: Brian Terry, Henry, Richard Madden, Kamal Najani, yeah. Sam Hayek and Angelina Jolie. And in um, Shang-Chi. Yes, uh, Shang-Chi, which is a, um, what's his name, Simu Liu, who looks happy to be there in a very real way. I've seen him on Twitter Probably going to be a big kind
2: of star-breaking yeah, thing for him. Yeah, but also in, on. In, in casting Tony Leung <laughs> yes, <laughs> the villain of the He's film. Gonna get his of first first He's going to
1: buy his future. His uh, Hollywood, Hollywood film. Directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who made a uh, short term twelve to okay. so complete the short term mm. twelve kind of takeover of Marvel. Um, yeah, which absolutely. Which shows a that Marvel can get
2: anybody, anybody. <laughs> but B, the I think it's it's definitely a positive step for blockbusters of this size and of this yes. amount of um, you know audience. We only worry about in it, in to 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 diversify the cast, but yeah. They are weaponizing that yeah. goodwill.
1: Oh, there's nothing wrong with that, to some degree. I mean, if they don't do what they get criticized, they do what they get criticized. Yeah, like, yeah that's that. tr- that's definitely true. But I think the only worry I have, and somebody, I can't remember who I follow on Twitter that have said it, that Marvel are a producer's medium and the directors get to be allowed to colour within the lines mm-hmm. to a certain degree, yeah. which is both true and if you do believe that to be the case, it's a little depressing because you know that some directors are given more. Now, I think with D.D. is probably the exception to some degree. He brought very much a sensibility and Coogler probably as well. Yeah. That brought actual brought more than colour inside the lines I would add. I would argue. So maybe we'll get a bit more, maybe they'll loosen the strings a little bit. I'm not particularly hopeful, but mm-hmm. maybe
2: it's always I in the micro I think they can and in the macro they won't be, want to. <laughs> because you know like yeah, Coog- before do the that. things Coogler is trying to say in Black Panther yeah. there. Trying to kind of shuffle yeah. to the side before the movie's even but it's, over. It's, they isn't? still got it in there, though. You yeah, know,
1: regardless yeah. of anything, it's still it's positive in relative terms.
2: It's a, yeah. It's always. Jeez, uh, that not very hopeful, does it? Honestly, that. That's take, the world we You take the good Indeed. and then you acknowledge the bad. I, I think that's as much as you can do
1: with, with something Absolute like this. Absolutely. Right then. Right then, Ronan. What? We shall move on. I know it's your favorite part. Let's. The top ten. Are you
3: ready? I have probably seen all of these. Great Ronan.
1: That's really good to hear because I haven't. Excellent. Um, At number ten, Stuba.
2: Luke, take it away. Yes. Stuber about the Uber driver called Oh, that's a title
1: Ah, Stuber. Jeez, I could have pitched that. Brilliant. That's that's quite brilliant. Now I I wouldn't I
2: I would say I, I, it sounds kind of obvious because it's such a daft premise for a, a film. That you know, a yeah. taxi driver teams up with a action movie cop, and
1: off they go for their kind of buddy comedy kind of thing. Um, but any way to get a buddy comedy to, do, to comment on something that is around today?
2: Yeah, no. But it seems like it's going to be slight. Like, what did you expect? But I was disappointed by it because
1: Even written by Tripper Clancy.
2: <laughs> Sorry, no way, <laughs> Tripper, well,
1: Tripper, old Tripper. But
2: like I like Camille Nanjiani, I. Uh, I like Dave Bautista, As I. and you know I, I like buddy comedies um, and this kind of action action comedy. But right from the beginning of this, you you have a cold open where Bautista and his former partner, who's played by Karen Gillan, are in pursuit of the movie's villain, who's played by Iko Ues. We just obviously John uh Yeah, that's that's a pretty good character. And you know, Kill Waste there...
3: has been so underused by Hollywood so far. Oh,
2: which and which, and uh, so which Avengers continues. movie
3: did he turn up in and did nothing? Oh no, Star Wars. He's sorry. In Star Wars, yeah, yeah, turned up in a Star Wars that, War and that did continues
2: nothing. in this because right from the beginning, where he and Batista face off, and the, it's cutting every point <sighs> 0.5 seconds, and it's shot in extreme close up, everything's jangling around. This. It's a complete waste of both factors physical yeah. talents and so you're like well I've, I've recalibrated my expectations of this as an action movie and then within those first two minutes when Uwe breaks Gillen's hand twists it around and uses it to shoot her with her own gun and she bleeds out screaming in pain you're like well I've recalibrated oh. my expectations of this as a comedy as well this is Delicious. a bit horrible wow, to be honest Pretty full on, is it? Um, like, there are some good gags in here just because Nanjiani is, you know, a talented comedic performer. Um, Batista is unfortunately constrained because he's lumbered with this joke at the beginning that they obviously have to come up with a reason that he has to take an Uber everywhere.
1: Oh, well, What reason did he come up
2: with? He gets, like, eye surgery that day. And so he can't. <laughs> s- Tripper, what are you
1: thinking? For the love of God, Tripper. He he's can't see best. well
2: enough to drive, so you know, he's get gonna... out of Writers
1: Guild. Sorry, go
2: on. but that's that, that 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 speaks to the film's big issue, which is yeah. that they've not put any
1: real effort into. Okay, run, breathe. <laughs> You Breathe.
3: He can't see well enough to drive. You can see well enough to fight. He's
2: just you know he obeys the law. He can
1: see well enough to get into a taxi, but not well enough to drive. So. But it's a
2: shame. Like they're not even often on camera long enough together to kind even of build up a, thing bit, of, a of, yeah. bit of chemistry, and it, it it's definitely a shame. You have a film that's not particularly effective in its action scenes and it's not particularly funny either and oh, it's hard Jesus. to it's hard to like the leads but like in
1: fairness like you would say that and I this is where in a normal week where these companies come out would say well it's made 800,000 Luke so what the hell do you know but on this particular occasion this weekend it's made 13 grand Jesus. and it's for a total of 64,000 so we may say goodbye to Stuber we will not be ordering that would cab. have been
2: would have been better if they had more likeable stuff written for the, the leads like Nanjiani's whole subplot is that he's a nice guy to uh, Barry, uh, Betty Gilpin from yes. GLOW. Yes, um, she's great. That's kind of... Co- it's quite badly done with a decent enough resolution, but, yeah, not great. And, like, Bautista's is just this kind of standard bad bother kind of a thing. I yeah, was yeah. saying on Twitter that it would have been a much funnier idea if they swapped the performances. The roles, would that work? If Nanjiani was I've the cop before, and, and, and Batista was the taxi driver. But on any level, they... they ha- and this is a problem with a lot of these modern American comedies... In that they've somehow managed to get through a pitch, and it's all the film ends up being is the pitch. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But they've not actually. Well, when you heard Tripper, they've not landed on what's what funny about this premise. <laughs> Sorry
3: if you're
2: listening,
1: Tripper. <laughs> Sorry, Tripper, but you can't have a name like that and be expected to be taken seriously. Come on, like. No,
2: no. Like, what? what is funny about he's driving around this guy and he's a cab driver? Like, no, they, they don't have adjunct It's not singing to build off on. the page, I have to no. say. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Poor director Michael Dose. If you take Michael that WO, it's Michael Dose. Uh, so we'll go with that uh, that's let's move on to number 9 which is bah, 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 Aladdin the first of 9 visits from Disney probably in the <laughs> top 10 uh, which has made 2.5 million so far that's disgusting including 18 grand as he's made Morton Stuber has anybody seen Aladdin Guy Ritchie's Aladdin
3: Guy Ritchie made this I didn't even <laughs> know that To will go fail God. upwards
1: forever until eternity he'll be making a billion dollar film 10 years from now God.
2: I do wonder I'm not seen it but obviously there's only so many of these that Disney can do.
1: Or you would, would be willing yeah. to
2: do. I do wonder because before the year is out we're gonna have Maleficent too. Oh I God. wonder are they gonna get into the series here? Because Aladdin made a lot of money
1: of going yeah. Aladdin oh, yeah. two, it's made two and probably. a half million Millionaire. I mean, why not? I'd do it. Give Guy Richie Nutter giant check.
3: Give it twenty years we'll have a hand drawn remake of this.
1: <laughs> oh stop. Oh we're gonna oh, have God. that. I, I thought oh, oh, yeah. up a <laughs> Anyway, I'm gonna get the popcorn now. Oh God! Because at number eight, <laughs> du, 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 du. Midsummer. It's at eight, I believe. That's, both Ronan nice. and uh, Luke has seen this for financial interests. It's made twenty-one thousand this month, this week mm-hmm. weekend with and a total of two hundred fifteen thousand altogether, including your money, guys. How um. about
3: it? I, I went into this pretty open-minded, because I think we've had it out before, Jay. Certainly, certainly, I know. liked Hereditary quite a bit more than you. I yes. thought Hereditary was quite good. It no. shocked me. It surprised me. No. Uh, stop that, you. Sorry. Um, it did some interesting things in terms of large-scale multiplex horror that a lot of the other like well-touted things hadn't done, and then it completely fell off a cliff. I thought it completely bottled it in the third act, and it lost me entirely. But I was respectful was of promised. his talents. There absolutely was. So I thought, let's see what this guy does next. Next he does 147 minutes of The Wicker Man. And it's just, the entire film for me is the third act of Hereditary, where it gets into its own sort of mystique. It gets bogged down in this whole world building that is never in any way enticing. A lot of people have said, have sort of clung to the notion that it is an interesting dissection of toxic relationships, which is fibre thin. There is, you know, a sliver of material of that in there. Not enough to sustain 147 minutes whatsoever. It's got some strange comedy that didn't work for me at all, but I accept that's a completely subjective thing. It's also got, like I was saying earlier, the desperate need to be transgressive, so you get some extreme violent scenes that are just... It just lingers on this sort of extraordinary violence of caved-in heads and things that is just, like unnecessary and not even shocking it's not unnecessary because it's shocking it's not shocking because it's just sat there on screen it's like oh you're trying to shock me well done it bored me senseless and i was not alone i saw with
1: five other people
3: and a couple of them really liked it but for the most part people were kind of like tired of it
2: (laughs) it exhausted me it's a long film not in a good way uh luke
1: Similar, worse, better.
2: Um, are you guys familiar with <laughs> this story of Heo Miyazaki talking about being an insult to life itself? Have you no, ever seen that? I don't think so. there, there was a documentary made about Miyazaki a few years ago. I didn't see it actually. Where I did have to watch it. He, at one point, visits these um, computer animators that are enamored to show him because he's Miyazaki this AI that they've made that ha- because it has no sense of self-preservation and has no sense of pain, it moves, it, like it walks with its head. Um, it kind of just kind of ambles along. Oh. Um, and they're kind of like, look at the potential of this for zombie video games or for horror movies. And kind of they, they show him this and they kind of sit and wait for him to <laughs> shower yeah. them in praise. Yeah, yeah. and pray. And Miyazaki tells this story about his friend who is disabled from the kind of the neck down and can't give a high five yeah. and how whoever designed this obviously has no understanding of pain <laughs> and that he finds it quite disgusting and an insult he says to life itself and I think having seen I saw her earlier this year and I hated it and now having seen oh, wow. this that's where I've kind of landed on Aster. <laughs> Is that he kind of faintly disgusts me as a filmmaker? Mm -hmm. I find that he is playing around with physical trauma and mental trauma. You know, family, and that kind of sounds like it's it's in his shorts uh, as well. Kind of family pain, absolutely, uh, mental illness, and all these things in a performative and unconsidered way
1: i felt that about hereditary i have to say
2: and people line up to kind of (laughs) to 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 appoint this guy as the mayor of empathy town and (laughs) that's what i find missing in his films the most Mm -hmm. and if you want if if what you want me to appreciate about these films is that well hereditary is actually a examination of of family dynamics and that Midsummer Oh, it's actually a breakup film. Well, if it doesn't work on those levels at all, then they're not good films. And what else? <laughs> like? Yeah, like he's he's he got technically else. very skilled. He he can compose a brilliant shot. You know, mm-hmm. he obviously puts a lot of work into set design. Yep. And, and all of that. I won't deny that, but the there's such a human element completely absent from these films, mm-hmm. like. Florence Pugh is abandoned, essentially, for the entire second act of this film, which is, what, eight, nine hours? <laughs> to, she drifts. She to drifts to, a lot. To, to be completely robbed of, of any kind of agency because yeah. Aster is more interested in going, ooh, a, sp- a spooky cult. Yeah. And in ladenning laden- in subplots and elements that... Have no use in the narrative It's extremely lengthy tangents that allow him to set up What he thinks is
3: an impressive shot Yeah, And it really I, I realised a lot earlier Than with Hereditary this time That I was in trouble Because you get those shots Of them driving through The, the sort of rural Swedish countryside And you get the Leading up to the Overlook style Shining shots Of following the car and then it does a whole 180 turn, so you're looking at the car upside down for no end whatsoever, other than going, Oh, look, I've got a helicopter. He's yeah. been showered with money, and he has just, you know, the proven himself. The hole in the ground, in the the in the
2: ground did that it. shot earlier this year, and it did it for it did a reason. It, well. it did it much better, yeah. yeah.
3: It did something with it. He He consistently in this film. Fails in any way to progress narrative with shots that are just there to use up a budget and to sort of inflate his own ego, and I'm very worried about the fact that many people are praising this film. Because
1: what are we going to get next? Being praised to the high end, like I mean, yeah. I, like I've seen five star, the best X yeah. in yeah, yeah. twenty years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like and it's just not. And I know, Like I mean, I was always worried because I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of it. Probably, perhaps not as viscerally hated it as much as Luke, but not far off. And Roland alluded to earlier 147 minutes seems like a lot to sustain mm-hmm. something but I mean you you, you might
2: remember I had uh, the Suspiria remake on my top 10 last year which yes. was about the same length I got
1: to 20 minutes of that so it, I... it, it, not
2: not for everybody I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've no doubt but I at least felt like there is something trying to be said there yes. that came from a trace of, of,
1: of sure. human yeah. feeling and I think most people even the ones that didn't like it would accept to some degree that that was it was mm-hmm. trying to be doing something different but apparently that's
2: I don't want to ascribe too much to Aster himself, but it that, feels like this is what he feels a director has to do in order to be considered, you know, one of the greats, or or the lead leading light. It feels like he's doing those things for reasons that don't come from within, and he's mm-hmm. been yeah, yeah. very eager to talk about this as a breakup film, and but there's no sense of kind of self-examination to, to his depiction of the male character. I mean, there there are things that the male characters do in this that are true to life, mm-hmm. but not approached with a self-reflective um, kind of eye at all, uh, particularly because he abandons them to do stuff he'd rather be doing. Um, yeah. I, or I, ladens I... in stuff that has no use. There's a whole subplot here about... Um, who's doing what thesis and all that is is a complete a complete narrative sideshow and again if 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 this is a story about pew then what's it doing there because
3: but it's that's that's another example where the film just doesn't kind of adhere to any kind of internal logic the whole idea is that they're going to do a thesis on pagan rituals and none of the characters display any understanding whatsoever they ask very basic questions about it's like I don't buy these people as you know students who are researching as these people. topics. They don't appear to have looked it up online. In events, they, get they ask bizarre questions like, "This just isn't endearing to any sense that these are people in an actual story."
1: Well, like, I've been on the fence, and now I'm thinking that I might have to pass on it. I, I wouldn't recommend it oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing it uh, There's I'm not, not
3: even it. anything Enjoyable in there To laugh at it being nonsense
1: I might get it to At some point But I will not Don't Just I probably don't It's too long i will just say that To be nice But I probably won't
3: It's literally Twice the length Of some cuts Of The Wicker Man oh, Just watch The Wicker Man twice Yes
1: I'll, I'll, be, I'll watch The Wicker Man twice At 7 To cheer everybody up <laughs> The Queen's Corgi Probably worse <laughs> At 6 <laughs> <Good> <laughs> I'm skipping The Queen's Corgi at six, the Secret Life of Pets two, which in the way of the spirit of animated films has made one point eight million despite nobody that I know have seen it. So not billion? No, not yet. Uh, give it a six months. <laughs> Unless um, they're yeah. secretly plotting to kill the Queen's Corgi. Which I would want. <laughs> um at five, uh, and you know, be brief as possible on this, yesterday, which has somehow accumulated three quarters of a million. Good Shame on you all. People. That's a lot of people. Why would you do this to me? I'm going to personally have to talk to you all. Um,
2: <laughs> anybody? Luke? I, no, that this this was one where I was like, you know what? If I already
1: know I don't want to watch it, yeah, I, put myself I it. and dream of it. Good man. I, I expect Solidarity from you, Ron, in fairness. Right. Speaking of Solidarity, at number four, Annabelle comes home. I hadn't even realised she'd left. <laughs> Half a million. My God, how many of these are there? It just needs to be one every, every week. So much money on her. The Annabelle franchise. Who would ever write a sentence like that? Uh, I haven't seen uh, one of the Annabelle films.
2: No, I'm good. Why can't these movies make these dolls like why? The set design in these kind of horrors really bugs me because th- that doll should just look like an actual
1: child's doll, as opposed to a horror. Doll. As opposed to a yeah, yeah, a mm-hmm. uh, doll in a horror. Movie. I suspect that's the least of their worries in some ways, but yeah, I I I actually <laughs> take that on board. Ditto the nun who looks nothing like a nun. I know it's you know, but it would be more not to be complaining about such things. Uh yeah, what are I you know here for? A Indeed. <laughs> At three, Spider Man Far From Home, two and a half million quid. Jesus. These are all Disney films coming up by the way. Uh, they've just taken everything and it. they they own all the owners. Come oh, out of great. Thanks for the sponsorship, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> if they give us half a million to this podcast, I'll praise them literally. All it's their all their Fisters checks today all. seem
2: to get lost. I've not had one of them, yeah. Have you seen <laughs> Spider Man? I have. I, it's it, it's quite, quite enjoyable, it, yeah. 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 Um it it's enjoyable because the the characters you know Tom Holland primarily and I think and he's Zendaya, great the um, Yeah, they they fit these characters very well. Yeah, and it's at its most entertaining when it's just being a teen movie of these kind of kids
1: hanging out and. Um, that seems to be warden all right. It's a, it's more of a, it's a better teen film than a superhero film.
2: Yeah, and now the superhero elements of it that come in. They, they some some some, to some extent they pair well with that, but most of the time they don't. Okay, um, like Gyllenhaal, hall he, he's entertaining to watch in this, um, and they kind of do some stuff with his character that works well with um, kind of Peter Parker's internal doubts and all that. Yeah, the yeah. problem with that is because these films have a kind of mandate on high to kind of keep it light and keep it breezy and keep it any from from being not like the amazing Spider-Man movies in any way shape or form they're they're never gonna push it too hard to make it really interesting to watch yeah like there is no internal again there's no internal life to these characters so they're just kind of just ambling around from from scene to scene it's enjoyable to watch them do it but you kind of are left Wanting
1: a little bit more Yeah it's a little empty It's worth watching though
2: Yeah it, You know It, I it is fun
1: wild on um, Homecoming I thought it was okay Yeah uh, So I suspect I'll take this I like this okay. a
2: little bit better than
1: that oh, Okay I would say I'll take that I guess That's not the worst thing I've ever heard about something Maybe
2: I think it's doing what it's setting out to do Which is to be a chaser
1: to Yeah To kind no, of right. Your big Yeah
2: yeah, Big uh, Avengers kind of thing
1: Yeah it's a kind of Just you know Clear, clear, cleanse. I've a little bit,
2: and I would say if you do get around to watching it, definitely stick around for
1: the post-credits. No way up here. Although I do not know what, but I, yeah, I will eventually. Okay, a two, Toy Story four. More money for Disney. Four point five million. Four
3: point five million.
1: Yep, that's an awful lot of money. That's plenty. Jesus. Uh, I liked Toy Story 4 quite a bit. Unnecessary, but good. It seems to be the standard I've been hearing about it.
2: It made me laugh a lot. It's a very well-done comedy, but it definitely doesn't have the same emotional... Or not for me, didn't have the same emotional kind of hit as as the other Toy Story movies. Darren,
1: who's famously not a crier, made of stone, Mooney, uh, cried at this.
2: Yeah, which, you know, obviously these things can hit you yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in different ways, but definitely worked for me a lot more on the comedy level, you know, Forky who's kind of voiced yeah. by Tony Hale is a kind of very well realised uh, character and it, it in that this is a kind of victory lap for, for, for Pixar and they definitely have the kind of confidence to know this is going yeah. to make millions and millions they've kind of their approach to examine their own internal logic and kind of mine that for Comedy works yeah. quite well for me, it, not so much when they're minding it for, um, again, kind of a, a emotional, the uh, emotional approach that worked yeah. a lot more naturally in Toy Story Three. For Interestingly,
1: me. though, um, or maybe not interesting. I noticed today, and correct me if I'm wrong, that John Lasseter is, list, is listed as co-director. That might be a contractual <laughs> obligation, I, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, not brilliant, uh, but yeah, there you go. Just it like- is
2: interesting to watch a Pixar movie that in its narrative doesn't have to have a seemingly benign father figure yes. turn out to be <laughs> a lot more you know yeah yeah yeah. No, um, just curious but I know that this you know I, I saw at the end there were kind of a lot of different writers credited for this yeah there's about it, six I think yeah because I know Rashida Jones was working on it at one point and then left and it definitely does have the feel of several different drafts
1: kind of yeah. smashed together which again I suppose it doesn't really matter the money is come piling in regardless some, uh, good, so, some good stuff in there. I know yeah. that the word is pretty decent. And, work. and
2: you know, as an animated film, it is, it, you know, the the extent to which Pixar have come on in, in the animation in the last kind of 20 years is astonishing to watch because you're seeing it in characters that you've yeah. already seen yeah. in, in a lot in lower kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah, resolutions. <laughs> um, but they kind of, at certain points in this, kind of stopped to, to kind of suck that in. Which is kind of great for them and it is nice to watch but it is at the same time it would be great to see that great animation in service of, of, of something a little bit more rather than just being enjoyed for kind of the sake of it.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of being enjoyed for the sake of it at number one The Lion King with 1.5 million of your precious hard-earned money. Disney have taken Ooh. like 7 million, 10 million quid out of Ireland just from this top 10 alone. I think. I can't get over how bad this looks. I'm, I'm not seeing it no, ever uh, Ronan I think you're you, by, by not it Rose, you have you're, to ask you're going <laughs> not <a> chance <laughs> I didn't like the jungle book either which is a, oh, really because that went down was, quite well I thought it was okay
2: no I I, 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 d- I didn't love it but I thought it was decent I found it a bit kind of redundant and the kid. Well, I mean they're all the kid little kind little. of I couldn't I, people kind of liked Tim well enough and I kind of found him a bit annoying.
1: I thought he was okay and I think it does rise and fall to some degree on that kinda of, I thought he was fine. But i take but the But at least APG. at least
2: that had you know slightly stylized
1: that's looks true. to the to the sure. animals so they they could emote <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough talking about Disney, goddamn them. Uh and move on to the new releases, ba, 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 which woo. are probably all Disney. They're <laughs> not all Disney I don't think <laughs> the live action great mass detective or whatever. Um we shall kick off with the current war,
3: which is <laughs> I, I <laughs> this saw not be a one. I saw a listing about this finally coming out.
1: I think so. This is like the tulip. I've seen ads all. That week. It had been has been buried for a long, Years. long time. It's a uh, directed by Alfonso Gomez Real. starring Catherine Morrison, Tom Holland, Better Dick Cumberbund. And- the brilliantly named always brilliant named Tuppence Middleton <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Probably, perhaps my favourite Hollywood name uh, in the world Tuppence and holiday Granger no, no Imogen no Poots like, no that's fair. true that's one of the greats but Tuppence the first name is Tuppence is incredible that's terrific uh, this looks terrible anyway this is the, the, the story of uh, it's the about, electricity
3: t- it's about electricity and it's called The Current War I just, uh-huh. you don't know no that's a perfect no, 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 no title. No.
2: the trailer uh, for this brings in Nikola Tesla kind of halfway through yeah. as if they're saying and here's you know Oh, the <laughs> yeah, so I mean? the, the, the electricity universe. I got to set
1: up. Yeah, <laughs> here the, the artists are at ESB. <laughs> oh God, oh God. who's going to play ESP? Colin Farrell. That's <laughs> me, <be>, doesn't it? I'll <laughs> take any step onto Colin Farrell. Ah, uh, yeah, I got the power. That's what will be the song. Anyway, uh, I'm not seeing this. Uh, have you have had it if you want to, guys? No. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Um, another new race a Horrible Histories the movie Rotten Romans
3: that seems to be getting really good be, reviews uh,
1: yeah these seem to go over pretty well uh, as animations and Horrible Histories is obviously TV kind of stuff that's done quite well uh, Kim Cattrall Nick Frost Kate Nash and Rupert Graves are the, the voices that's mm. a Roman teenager in the old days uh, who upsets uh, Emperor Nero with grave results I would imagine
2: I really I was glued to the books as a kid you know ah. they're, they're
1: very educational, entertaining <laughs> thing, so. are, you, are you saying you are going to see this for nostalgia purposes? I mean, I, I don't know.
2: I, I've I've read kind of not terrible things about. Yeah,
1: it. Yeah, it seems to be reviews read a bit about today. It seems to be kind of liked. These tend tend to be for some reason. It's the pitch of them or the tone of them or whatever. These seem to get quite well liked.
2: Yeah, I mean, I remember the the Nick Ardman um, the what's the, the football thing that he oh, did it was terrible yeah first that, man yeah that was brutal oh, I was so
1: shocked at how bad that was early man right early oh man. early man sorry first man is the other terrible uh, no <laughs> early man uh, so many terrible films yeah but similar kind
2: of like pun humour and yeah. history and all that kind of stuff quite but it didn't work yeah at all so if this if this can be better than that that's it, that, about that's, as that's much no as you stretch. can that's no stretch it's going to be better than, <laughs> than
1: that. That, like, that like I love uh, the kind of Nick Park uh, stuff yeah. And this was a major drop. I couldn't believe about it. But it was, I got like a last once, which yeah. is shocking, I have to say. That's such a shame. Yeah, I never yeah. watched it because of what you said about I don't it. Well no, I do know things. Influencer. Uh hashtag influencer. Um I don't know if this is coming out, but it's listed. Uh the intruder. <laughs> Listen to this cast. This sounds like an that's only one person I do. Dennis Quaid is the Aye. top liner. Dennis Quaid.
3: Dennis Quaid, best actor this year. So Megan far.
1: Good. Joseph Sikora and Michael somebody or other. Uh, a psychological thriller about a young married couple who buy a beautiful Napa Valley house on a severe, several acres of land, only to find out the man they bought it from refused to let go of the property, a.k.a. 90s thriller. Yeah. Pacific Heights, whatever, pick kind of 90s thriller. This doesn't look like it's going to get similar release. I suspect it won't be anywhere. When we get a two screens in the city world or something. So mm. oh, You we better get to one of those. We <laughs> need to talk about this. Didn't Samuel Jackson do this
2: exact movie like
1: two did years ago? Michael Keaton did this exact movie 25 years ago. Like, literally, every actor has done this exact movie. Many like, people have forever. done this movie many like, times. I've seen this film seven well, times. I'm glad to see that so. they're
2: speaking to modern anxieties about homeowning in this massive Tampa fucking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There'll
3: probably be a smartphone camera in it.
1: Please don't say that. <laughs> I'm sure Dennis Quaid will stand up for all millennials uh, in it. I can't wait.
3: It's about time someone did.
1: Indeed. a <sighs> World. world. Um, then we have a couple of releases from the IFI uh, this week. Um, At least
3: one of which I've seen, I think.
1: The Chambermaid. No, I no, seen it's that. not. God damn
3: it! Uh, it's gotten very strong reviews. I know uh, the, the trailer Alex. here has got a particularly strong poll quote from A.O. Scott of the New York Times, which you're a big fan of. Indeed. Um, yeah, this looks really interesting. Yes, yeah, but the Chambermaid working
1: in a, a luxurious hotel in Mexico City, and kind of hard time poverty, I guess, and mm-hmm. actual poverty, more than most likely. Uh, and it's kind of looking. Uh, secure kind of confident position on the kind of luxury floor of the hotel to kind of, you know, cement her job and stuff like that. Sounds interesting enough. Um, and the I the know generally tend to get these kind of films in every so Yeah, you can, that, that you can really generally
3: good. trust their sort of world cinema offerings and yeah. the, the trailer I've seen a couple of times this week of the on films and other things. It, uh, it does look quite, uh, quite appealing. I'll definitely be checking this out.
1: I might be checking out also. Uh, and finally, I thought I doing that finally. That's I've done it. <laughs> I'm Trevor MacDonald. I am Trevor MacDonald you look like him thank you it's great here for anyway certainly uh, and finally Ronan you may have seen this Marion and Leonard Words of Love directed by Nick Broomfield
3: yeah I have seen this I saw this at The Flat it was the not the opening night film but the one after it so I uh, I watched this about 11 o'clock with a pretty appreciative Galway audience of people who I think must have been Leonard Cohen fans although oh,
1: if I was there I would have been gone as a big mm. Leonard Cohen fan mm.
3: It's uh, It definitely appeals to fans, uh, I have to say, I, I don't have any sort of particular allegiance in any way to Leonard Cohen, don't know much about him, so I went in as a, a sort of, somebody who didn't uh, have any ties to this, yeah. um, and it's strange, uh, Brumfield is weird.
1: He's an odd filmmaker, he doesn't
3: he is, he, um, work a lot of the time. He's sort of, sometimes infamously close to his material in a lot of doc- of documentaries, is the perception. And in this one, he... So it sets out there... It, it kind of went viral a while back. Um, the Mariana, the woman who influent, or who inspired uh, one of Leonard Cohen's best love songs, uh, died and received a very poetic letter from him on her deathbed. Yes. And it went all around uh, the internet, picked it up. It was like, oh, look at this great romance. And Brumfield essentially delves into their romance, uh, where it all started, and how they kind of kept up with each other over the, the years film spans about 50 years i suppose uh and the twist here was well not a twist but the the kind of his way in here is that he knew them um he the li- yeah he lived on a greek island with them in the 60s uh or at least he lived on the island and so did they he goes to great strange pains to tell you that he's had sex with her at one point
0: oh
1: dude
3: yeah uh, he, doesn't say, he doesn't say it that frankly But it comes across that frankly Jeez. It's unsettling and strange And uh, it's set up Which is quite tantalising Is kind of Oh here's the great romance Let's dig into it Who was this woman? We know who Leonard Cohen is Who was this woman? And he spends the better part of two hours You know Spending a little time with her Usually narrated through his I knew her And I'm, I talked to her at this point and then going off and spending 20 minutes interviewing Nick, or interviewing Leonard Cohen's friends about Leonard Cohen and how well, Leonard Cohen wrote songs. So
1: there's a star-fucking element to it. There it.
3: absolutely is. And, and Broomfield, I got the sense consistently anyway that Broomfield sort of wanted to be like, oh, I almost moved in the same circles. You kind of get that sense from it and it made me profoundly yeah, uncomfortable. Okay. Especially when it's coupled with this, we were lovers, which is what he keeps saying. Ugh. It's gross. It's very gross. <laughs> uh, you don't get a particularly great sense of her, which is a shame because she seems to have led an interesting life. There, There's some good stuff in there about the the Greek island they lived on, Hedra, it's called. Um, was yeah, this was sort of artist, this artist commune, commune thing, that yeah, yeah. was extremely 60s, you know, Yeah. yeah. Uh, mad stories of drugs and free love. And there's an interesting sort of side story he does about all the kids who grew up in that environment and how fucked up they were for the rest of their lives that is actually really fascinating. He doesn't dig very deep into it and he doesn't spend very much time with it, he's more interested in going off and talking about Leonard Cohen and what he was doing at the time. And it just feels, it never, you know, you've got about three films spiralling off from this, they never really come together, and you don't get the sense of her as a character that the film seems to say that it's going to try to get
1: from the outset. So it names it Marion and Leonard-like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. going so going to be yeah, yeah. the main um, draw to it
3: yeah yeah absolutely and it's it's quite well edited it comes together nicely in the end where it gives you the way documentaries sometimes do they like sum up and they're like ah now we've learned that all this It's like you didn't do that stop claiming you've just done that (laughs) that's actually a lie yeah Yeah. it does a very nice thing in the end where it goes about ah and this is you know true love with Stan's time it's like yeah you didn't give me that sense at all for the last two hours it's not terrible by any means and maybe if you're a fan you'll get
1: more out of this because the Leonard Cohen stuff is good he talks to a lot of interesting people so I would watch it but I'm wary of Broomfield because I've seen, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah, he's done some decent stuff, but he's also done some very. His kind
3: of sp- speaking of somebody who was a fan of one of his music documentaries, his Whitney Houston documentary is
1: appalling. Yes, it's not very good at all.
3: Um, at and all. in the maybe there's enough to, and the, the audience reaction suggested to me if you were a fan, maybe there's enough to sustain you. But I, as somebody who knew nothing, nothing much about Leonard Cohen, going in the whole. The claim that you're going to get a dual exploration of these two personalities just doesn't doesn't actually doesn't happen throughout the film, and that's, that's disappointing. quite disappointing. No, yeah. oh
1: well. such is life. Uh, if anybody wants to complain at you for your complaints <laughs> about all the stuff <laughs> you've been saying today, does anybody want to say where they are online?
2: Uh, I am Mr. Cynical on Twitter. That's Cynical with an I, and I'm on Film Ronan
3: Get me on Twitter a Letterbox, All those kind of things Well just those two things Nothing else At Baron Ronan
1: Yes I, I'm at J. Coyle. There's no underscore moonies here <laughs> It's always sounds like a lot J.Coyle
3: underscore Mooney
1: <laughs> That would be it uh, Yeah so I'll be on Twitter uh, You know if you want to tell me How terrible it was tonight Feel free to do that So I can block you, <laughs> thought you did uh, well, well, Thank you very well Thank you Luke I appreciate that Woo Right I'm tired I'm going to go have a lie down And maybe a bath <laughs> Bye. Bye Until next week we